When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This week's Performance Anxiety features singer, songwriter, and doctor Karen Hagloff. You may know her from Band of Susans. She's got a solo career going, and she had a brief 20-year stint in between as an oncologist. We talked to her about how she got started in music, what she's up to now, and how she made the switch from music to medicine. Please enjoy this week's Performance Anxiety with Dr. Karen Hagloff. This is Karen Hagloff. I'm a solo artist and formerly from the band of Susans, and you are listening to Performance Anxiety. You nailed it. That was awesome. Well, you know what? I dictate all day. You know, <laughs> at, at my office, I have dictation software, you know, when I like dictating doctor's notes. Oh, so man. it's kind of like I do a lot of speaking. So sometimes that's helpful. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, too. I appreciate yeah, well, that. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, Do I call you uh, Karen or doctor? Karen. Or? All right. Dr. Karen. No, <laughs> just, just fine. Yeah. Okay. I've had a little bit of a sore throat, so I got to... You, I've got... All right. My, my tea here. Ah, I've got my uh, bourbon. Ah, so. well, yeah, I... It's a school name, so exactly. <laughs> there's medicinal qualities to bourbon, I hear. So, of course, I could be wrong. I'm not the doctor, so I would. I don't know. No, it's soothing. Next, all right, good. I, I, all right, we're we're already headed off on the right direction. So I like that. Your story is actually incredibly fascinating to me. Um, I I was a huge, and I, I mean, I'm not going to use the past tense because I still am. I'm a huge fan of of Band of Susans. How did you get into music to to start with? Well. We're going way back now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is in the Wayback Machine back in Burnsville, Minnesota, when I was growing up, and we lived in this, like, cul-de-sac of eight houses, and uh, about a quarter mile down the dirt road was this Tom Thumb Superette in a tiny little strip mall kind of a thing. I mean, tiny. Okay. Like, probably four or five stores, and there was the Tom Thumb Superette, and then there was Suburban Music there and then there was which was a music store and then there was a little record store as far as i remember like that sold 45s and things and a beauty salon and then there was a gas station and uh my wife just know, walked past hello and we <laughs> used to ride horses down there and uh, this was you know kind of the 
when was this, like late 60s or so, when I was like 12 or 13, and okay. all the cool guys went in and out of that, that music store. It's <laughs> like, I got to have a reason to go to that music store. So <laughs> I'm going to take guitar lessons. <laughs> Good thinking. Good thinking. So that's where it started. My best friend and I took guitar lessons at this music store, and then we started uh, learning songs off the radio and playing songs together, like in, in church on Sundays. And, okay. And, little youth groups and things like that and then it kind of went on from there to uh, um, playing in in bands around Minneapolis and quitting the University of Minnesota to go play music when I was uh, you know Golden Gophers well yeah I, I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do back then so like, what am I gonna what am I in college for I'm not sure what I'm doing here, so. I know the feeling so it's like why don't I just go play in a rock band for a while okay and is, now, I saw on your Facebook page, uh, I guess a promo shot for a band that was way back. Was that? I, that was Spitfire. Yes. The PH, the yeah. Spitfire. And uh, that was back probably about 74, 75. Right? Was and, that your uh, first official band? That was my first real band, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, four women and, and one guy and... Uh, Toured all the, the five state area around Minneapolis, you know, North and South oh, wow. Dakota and, and Iowa and Wisconsin and up to, you know, the bottom of Canada, Fort Francis, Canada, that kind of thing. Okay. And actually, you know, kind of at that time, we made enough money to kind of to exist without having other work, really. So oh, that wow. Was like, you know, it's like, wow, this is being a real rocker back then. We played, <laughs> we played, we, we were a cover band. We played like Led Zeppelin and we did Iggy and the Stooges. Okay. And we did and we did Rolling Stones and Tina Turner. We had a great singer, Jan, who um, still plays out of uh, Chicago. I think she's living in Chicago now. Okay. Yeah, we did all these cover songs and we played there, and we were, a, you know, kind of a novelty back then. As being a mainly female band, there wasn't a whole lot of other women doing that at that time. Right, right. How did you progress from there? Where did you go from Spitfires? Well, from there, you know, we were centered in Minneapolis, and that was when uh, the Suicide Commandos uh, in Minneapolis were starting to, you know, kind of um, starting to play out, and there was started to be a develop a real kind of uh, 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 not a cover band scene, but a, like an original rock band kind of vibe there. And there were okay. several bands that played in in the clubs in Minneapolis, and. From then, you know, we'd go in, when we came off the road off our little cover band, we'd go to see all the bands that were playing original music at like the Longhorn Bar and places like that in Minneapolis, and then met all of those folks. And I ended up uh, in a band with Steve Almas, who's the bass player for the Suicide Commandos. Okay. And, and we had a band called the Crackers um, and decided we were going to move to New York City. And, uh, and here I am yeah. still. <laughs> so. Once you got into New York, um, how long did the Crackers stay together, and what happened? You know, we weren't we weren't together that long. I mean, we had some personnel changes, and just a lot harder to live in New York than it is to, to live in Minneapolis. And so, <laughs> the realities of being here it just kind of it, it, it didn't it kind of split apart probably within a year, maybe a year and a half or so. Oh wow! Uh, that's when I ended up. Uh, you know, I met uh, some people that were playing in the more avant-garde scene. I, I met Reese Chatham, and Reese is where I met the band of Susan's folks and ended up, you know, ultimately playing with them. That, I, I'm definitely interested in, in how you met Reese, because his, 
his work, especially at that period, is intense. It, it's it's yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. I yeah, I do too. And, and I, I actually discovered him through Band of Susans, and uh, I've, I've been a huge fan ever since. How did you meet up with him and, and start playing with him? Well, I I first I I had a friend Tim Carr who was a and R person. Uh, he was from Minneapolis. I met Tim Carr introduced me to an artist Robert Longo, who's a you know very well known artist that was getting started back then. Okay. And he had a he had a musical project, and uh, I was a guitar player for that. And then uh, through him. I, and Tim also introduced me, said Reese Chatham is looking for guitar players. And so the first time Reese came over to my apartment and he was going to, you know, show me some of his work. And uh, we were going to tune guitars, so he asked me to tune my guitar, and I did that in like, you know, 30 seconds. And he said, you can play in the band. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's the best uh, audition ever. Yeah, no, it's good, so... Um, and, uh, yeah, his stuff is just, you know, layers and layers of guitar and, and, uh, you know, we played in different tunings and different time signatures and, you know, really guitar orchestras with you know, scores went out and I was like the soprano guitar and then there are the people that playing like the lower guitars and, uh, Yeah, I mean, really great, really, really loud, and I didn't protect my hearing as well as I should have grown up, which is unfortunate, because now I'm bringing in this ear, but that's my fault. Now, all right, so since you're, since you experience it and you're a doctor, what is the correct pronunciation? Is it tinnitus or is it tinnitus? I've heard it both ways, and I... It's tinnitus. Oh, man. I always say tinnitus, but it is tinnitus. Wow. I've heard... It, Forty years, it's, I've I've been saying it wrong. Well, me too. I've yeah. seen it tinnitus, but it's kind of, yeah. okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll I'll have to make a concerted effort to change. Well, you know, we can change the, the you know the pronunciation for everyone. Yeah. You know, one of those Google things where you um, you know put up the pronunciation and you click on it and it tells you how you're supposed to pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, and. It, Sometimes it gets it right. <laughs> sometimes it sounds completely right. ridiculous. Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you're right. So how many uh, how many recordings are you on for Reese? Uh, you're on. Uh, I'm, on I'm on drastic classicism and Zerdunagaver, so I, I think at least two. Yeah. How did that turn into playing with Band of Susans? Well, the, you know, I met the Susans. I mean, you know, Reese had large groups, so. You know, he had Robert Poss and Susan Stanger um, also playing in, in some of his ensembles. And uh, and that's how I met them, was, was through Reese. And uh, they had the Band of Susans. But, yeah, they had the Band of Susans. And at that time, there were three Susans, which is hence the name. Right. And, uh, I think uh, there were going to be, uh, I think, uh, I, I replaced one of the Susans who was, I don't know which Susan, Susan Tallman or Susan Lyle, um, who was going to be doing other things with their career. I 
so I took their place, and then I think around the same time, one of the other Susans left, so that Susan Singer was the one that was left, the bass player, and um, so I think the first person to replace the other Susan was Paige Hamilton, and then the bar started after that. Okay, right, yeah, and, and uh, so you, you played at the same time, in, in, or at the same time in that band with Paige. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, and he's gone to to form Helmet and do some amazing stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, he really, yeah, doing a lot of stuff. I, I hadn't talked to him in about twenty years, and ran into each other. And actually, he was in town, and uh, a friend of a friend, you know, called and said, "Page is here." It's like, okay, I'll come down and say. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So, now you're on the uh, Love Agenda album. Yep. And uh, are you also on the the BBC album? Which one? The BBC I recordings. Done, I think I'm just on Love Agenda. Okay. Years ago in medical school, knocked a lot of my brain cells out. <laughs> that doesn't sound <laughs> and, good. And a room, and to take, make room for some other knowledge. So, <laughs> like, oh, just uh, Robert will know. Robert, you know, next week get Robert will know. So, all right, well, I'll double check with him, but I was reading some of the reviews for Love Agenda, and it's, they're amazing. It's, it's Spin Magazine said that uh, that album has put more electric guitar on one record than any they've ever heard. Melody Maker said it's a soundtrack for an epileptic fit, a lapse that feels like being seized by divine powers, even amid all the nuance of live performance, it's blindingly good. And Sounds called the record Susan's Masterpiece. It's a massive album. Yeah, it was, it was great. I'm really happy that I'm on that record. It's a great record. It is a thick record. That how difficult was it to play? Because if it's layers upon layers of guitar and bass. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you got to hand it to Robert Susan on that. I mean, that's uh, really their vision on it. And, uh, you know, it really, I think it really comes out. I mean, I, I love the songs on that record. I love you know, the whole vibe of that record. I oh, mean, gosh. The only reason I was not in the band of Susans is because I decided I was going to go back to medical. I was going to go back to school and try and be a doctor. And uh, that's well, that- well, that worked out for you well, and I, I definitely. Well, it worked out okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I've, since uh, since we're kind of on that album, did you play live a lot before recording? And how was how was the live shows compared to the sound of the album? Was it hard to to make the live shows sound the same as the album? As I don't thick? think so. I've, I've heard clips of like us at, at CBGBs and stuff, and to me, it's pretty true to what the record sounds like. I mean, you know the layering of guitars, you know, with three guitars on stage, plus the bass and drums, you can really get some depth in there. So I I think the the live sound is pretty true to what we did on the record. Were you a, a, a gear hound? Did you like to buy pedals and guitars and amps to get uh, keep I'm, I, I'm not much of a not much of a pedal person. I'm kind of flange and I'm not even sure I use uh, mainly a straight to the Marshall kind of a of a guitar player, I mean, pretty much am now. I mean, I've I worked with a few pedals, but uh, you know that is definitely Robert's forte. I mean, he can layer sounds and work with pedals like 
nobody's business. <laughs> so what kind of uh, what kind of guitars and amps were you using back then? You said Marshall, Marshall. St- I yeah, I had a Marshall amp, and I had a little kind of uh, homemade K kind of um, guitar that I, I kind of I used to work at a music store back in Minneapolis, and I had rebuilt this thing more or less from scratch and played that. But then um, I played a G and L uh, Tele. Ooh. Well. And uh, I think I played my, I think those, that was it, G&L Kelly or my little homemade pink guitar. Uh, I had Les Paul, but I don't think I played it much with the Susan. And you decided at what point that you wanted to go into medical school, because that's quite a change, becoming going from professional musician to yeah. medical school. Well, I mean, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of restaurant work. <laughs> <laughs> Ran, running a restaurant and uh, you know cooking brunch on weekends, which you know is great fun and I love it. But uh, kind of was thinking that it wasn't a career that I had really chosen and thought maybe I should go back and do college. And then it was during college that I realized that medicine was kind of a calling. I mean, just in terms of the very the variety of it and the, the depth of it. pre-med stuff and you know that I got it and your specialty is oncology and hematology yes blood and cancer diseases yeah how did I must, I'm gonna say this probably the wrong way but how did that choose you because you're saying it was just it was a calling well because I mean actually it was the first year when I was doing my internship so you know you do your four years of medical school and then you, um, you apply to all these different programs and uh then there's a match where the program picks you and you pick them, and if you both kind of land in the right order, that's where you go. So I ended up getting a, a match to um, University of Florida in Gainesville. Oh. And uh, my second rotation there was on the hematology and oncology service. And that was when I decided that's what I wanted to do because I, I really felt drawn to taking care of that patient population and the diseases are incredibly fascinating and uh, it's very it's, it's very consuming but rewarding at the same time so okay. it, just, it, it just fit my personality right I mean it's like there are different personalities that go into different specialties I think so that one fit me pretty well and was the trip back to New York planned or was that just uh a happy coincidence. No, I I wanted to come back to New York. I mean, that was kind of it was kind of an experiment to go out of New York for a few years. I thought, well, let me see if I want to still be in New York. And uh, you know, I loved being in Gainesville, and it was a great program, and I met great people. But I really miss New York. So I got a fellowship, which is you know, further training in hematology and oncology at NYU Hospital, and uh, did another three years there. So we're talking. Four years of medical school, three years of residency, and three years of fellowship. So it's, it's a long haul. And uh, then uh, I've stayed on, you know, affiliated with NYU since that time. Okay. Have you been playing music the entire time? Uh, no, I hadn't at all. No. Okay, so you took a complete break. Oh no, I played. I played for an avant-garde ballet of a friend of mine, John King, uh, in like 1998. 
guitar for about 10 years. Wow. It was just kind of like I just kind of put it aside. I don't even think I brought a guitar to games, though. It's kind of like I have to put this aside now, which is, you know, it seems odd to me now when I think about it. I'm not sure why that happened, but uh, that's how it was. It's kind of like I had to focus on this other thing, or I felt like I did anyway. And then in was it 2014, you put out an album. Yeah. So how did, how did yeah. you go from dropping the guitar completely to picking it up and, and releasing your first solo album? Well, it, I mean, it's, it's all, obviously it was a little bit of a process. I mean, I think, uh, you know, a few years into being an oncologist, it's kind of like, you know, I need some other aspect of my life. This is, you know, very rewarding, but it's also can be very draining, and you need some way to kind of, um, you know, revitalize. And so I started riding horses again and going out west to do that out at new branches right out in the range and, and the mountains and stuff. And, uh, you know, at these ranches, they'll have cowboy singers, you know, somebody who can just strum a guitar and play, you know, any number of songs. And, and I thought, well, that, you know, that looks like it's kind of fun to do. That might be something I should do. You know, I'll just, I'll just strum the guitar and learn a few songs. And so I started working on it. And then, I don't know if you saw the movie, It Might Get Loud. Oh, yeah. So that came out, and that was like, oh my god, I play the guitar. Why aren't I playing the guitar? So that was when it was really like, I feel like I, I have something to say on this <laughs> after all this time. That that movie was amazing to me. I, it was just something else to see Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White. Play, oh, it's this is it. Yeah. Just playing each other's songs. I never ever thought I would hear Jimmy Page playing Seven Nation Army. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's. I love the way they they you know kind of weaved in everybody's childhood, and they got all these old photos and, and yeah. footage, and I mean, it just is like such a you know, it just stays with me. I I watch that movie fairly regularly still. It, it it's it's a fantastic movie, and I definitely recommend anybody who's interested in guitar or those three guys to definitely watch it because yeah. It, just even if you just take away, take out the uh, the background information, just to watch those three guys play together and, and teach each other their own oh, songs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in my time of dying. Yeah, I love that. Part. Oh yeah, and, and watching them teach each other the songs is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. At the end when they. Uh, yeah. That was, so that yeah that came out in I think in August of two thousand nine or late. You know, it was definitely the summer. I went and saw it at the local theater, Sunshine Cinema, down here in the. East Village, and uh, that was it. It was kind of like, oh my god, I play the guitar. <laughs> so why, why don't I play the guitar? So then I thought, I just pull the guitars out, and I thought, well, I'm probably won't going to play in a band again. So maybe I try and do some finger picking because it's an open D because it's very kind of um, full sounding by yourself. And I started working on these progressions and. Uh, um, then I had an idea that, well, maybe I'll just put out a little EP or maybe put some songs up on YouTube or something. That I had no idea how you go about doing that in kind of the modern era. Right. Compared to, you know, my last experiences, you know, my recording experiences were with the Band of Susans, which was like in the, you know, early 90s or, yeah, like yeah. 90s, something like that. And so, you know, a lot of things changed. They stopped making, you know, Tower Records clothes. Oh, <laughs> Gosh. Stop selling forty fives, you know. I know. Kind of like time passed. It's it's just and it's fa changing faster and faster every year. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, 
That's, yeah, it is. Oh. So, yeah, I had no idea, I mean, how you do these things these days. But Steve Almas, who I was in the practice with back in, you know, back in Minneapolis when we moved to New York, um, I, we'd always kind of been in contact through the years, and I just kind of emailed him and said, hey, I've got a project I might want us to do, you know, and he was interested, so I played him some of my, my, uh, my stuff that I was working on. The first thing I was working on was something that ended up being called Lincoln Letters. I had no words for it, but he's like, well, I can come up with some words for this. And so um, that was the one that he did the lyrics on, and I did the music, and then from there I just started being able to put them together myself. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess Western Holiday, which was the first record that came out in 2014, probably took a couple years to really put together and, and get everything together. I mean, it was certainly a steep learning curve for me, for sure. <laughs> well, it, the sound is a lot different from Band of Susan's. Is that... Yeah, but it, I mean, but it, it pulls from that. I mean, I think what I do now pulls from working with Band of Susan's and working with Bruce and that I really like jangly, kind of droney overtones and, and a little bit of clashing uh, rhythms and things like that. And I don't know, I guess what I play now is kind of definitely, you know, it's, it's not really in that realm, but I mean, in my mind, it definitely pulls from that. I can definitely hear more of it on the second album, A Perseverance in Grace. And I can hear more, uh, more. I, there's some awesome feedback. And I, I'm, that's one of the things that, that drew me into Band of Susans was the, the noise. And mm-hmm. I can, there's not as much in your solo stuff, but I can definitely hear some. Um, I, there's a couple songs on that end. They've got a couple good squalls of feedback and, and uh, instantly yeah, right back I, to Band of Susans. Yeah, uh, where, where I got my own records right here. Let's look at it. <laughs> you know, here's Perseverance and Grace, let's see. So yeah, Tornado's got some good uh, kind of slide solos and some feedback, and then uh, Sunday Walk has got a good feedback ending, and uh, Airbite has definitely got a feedback. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Yep. Yep. That's and then on the, on the first one, my 24-hour prayer starts out as like an acoustic one, and then it ends up with a kind of a wacky wah-wah feedback solo so yeah I mean, there's definitely aspects there all kind of mixed in with the, the cowboy songs and the riding horses songs and the you know other stuff that i like to think about do you see yourself making anything closer to band of susan's with a, a, a more of a wall of sound or working with reese again or anything like that you know i i played a couple of things with reese i mean he's been in town a few times in the past few years and i he's asked me to play on a couple of uh his uh, performances when they did Guitar Trio, um, now known as G3. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if Reese is around, I, I, I'll play. And uh, I think, you know, I, I don't really kind of pick and choose. I just kind of write the songs and they seem to kind of go in whatever direction that they're going to go in. So, okay. uh, yeah, I, I definitely think there will be some, some more kind of, wall of sound type things as well as some more delicate things as well. I mean, I'm just whatever, whatever I feel like. 
Yeah, why not at this point? Yeah, why not? Exactly. <laughs> why not? <laughs> so, have you ever had a patient recognize you from Band of Susans or, or any of your solo work? Um, I, you know, I def- definitely from the solo work um, because, uh, and actually a couple of, yeah, like uh, who were the Band of Susans, and there were people in medical school that were very impressed by that I was from the Band of Susans, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, somebody said, you know. Now I got into medical school and I got to compete with a classmate that was in the band of Susan. So <laughs> there was definitely a rep going around. Nowadays, people will they'll go, oh, I got to go see Dr. Hagloff. Let me Google her name so I can find the address again. And then all this stuff comes up about you know these, these records. And they'll come in and say something like, you know, I was, I was trying to find you on the Internet. And do you play guitar? <laughs> <laughs> So that happened. That happened fairly regularly. Okay, that's that's got to be kind of interesting. Yeah, I've had people come to my shows. I mean, some patients come to my shows, which is, you know, I'm very flattered that they are interested and would like to do that. Has your medical history uh, influenced your music now in, in any way? I know that's kind of a weird <laughs> question. It, it, it does. I mean, I you know, I'm certainly not going to write about very specific, but I mean, you know, just kind of dealing with the emotions and dealing with the, you know, I mean, hematology and oncology can be pretty intense, I mean, because you're dealing with life and death diagnoses and you yeah. have to part that a lot and you have to, you know, help people make decisions regarding how their lives are going to be for whatever time they have. And that's, you know, that's a lot to do. And so, I mean, I don't know if you've heard the the new EP, but, you know, like Slow Stampede off of that one, which is, uh, that's definitely, you know, it's, it's partially about a horse, I mean, this is four songs about horses, so it's definitely about a horse, a bucky that I used to ride, colicked and died suddenly, but it also, you know, picks up all these, you know, other emotions about um, people and life and lack of control and, and uh, loss and just kind of continuing on, no matter the fact that, you know, we don't have much control over what we do, whether we think we do or not. Right. right. So there won't be any like battles to blastomas or anything. It'll, but no, it, it'll... no, I'm probably not going to do that. Although, let's see, in Tornado, the song off uh, Perseverance and Grace, one of my favorite lines is "Evolutionary niche in a sideside storm." <laughs> Definitely pulls all from my medical terminology. <laughs> <laughs> You, you have just released a new EP, a four-song yeah. EP, and you just said that it, all the songs are about horses. How, can you explain Ode to Bon Jovi and how that's about a horse? Well, okay, it's about a horse named Bon Jovi. Okay. He keeps keeps throwing me off. This is a real horse that I really like to ride in Arizona that has thrown me off on a couple of occasions for, you know, I mean, one time it was, uh, you know, it's never the horse's fault, I think. I mean, it's just, I wasn't, I didn't keep my seat around a kind of a a quick uh, curve and down into some sand and off I went and uh, it was a person. and the second time, we were almost to the barn. I mean, really, the barn was in within walking distance, and suddenly a bird 
he startled and I was dozing in the saddle and off I went again. Uh-huh. So, so, yeah, this horse, Bon Jovi, the story is from the ranch where I knew that uh, he used to actually belong to John Elway. And it was John Elway's daughter's horse, but she didn't ride him that much. And so um, we sold him this, this outfit and then I get to ride Bon Jovi. And I don't know if Bon Jovi's name was Bon Jovi back then, but it's Bon Jovi now, French. And so, you know, I got to uh, I got to write a song about Bon Jovi and also mention John Elway and uh, the Broncos. So that I think is a pretty good songwriting piece. It is. I loved it. I I don't know any other song that combines those three elements. And you know, we've got Mitch Easter playing the Moon, so that's pretty great too. Oh. I mean, that's, that's me on bass and uh, Mitch playing in the mood, all those nice, you know, lyrical, nice lines. And I just think it's, it's I, I'm happy about it. I wrote it. I'm happy about it. Well, that's good. Now, since you've got uh, three or uh, four songs all about horses, is that a precursor to uh, another full length that that might be coming out pretty soon? Yeah, yeah because yeah, I mean, these I wasn't just doing these songs in isolation. I mean, I, the way I am able to work. You know, just with uh, work constraints and everything, is uh, I'll you know kind of demo a couple of songs, work a couple of songs up to a level where I you know bring in the Steve who's still producing for me, and uh, and then we make some decisions on it if there's anything that he thinks should be different or we're happy about the way it is, and then go into Cowboy Technical Services, uh, the Greenpoint, and, and do the drum tracks, and then kind of finish the song over a period of time and so there's actually there's quite a backlog of songs now and we pulled these four because they're all about horses and I've always wanted to make an EP I mean that was the first thing I wanted to do was make an EP no we gotta do full length now I've got an EP uh, so yeah now I've got this other material which is not about horses so yeah I'm planning to put that out you know fairly soon just because don't see any reason not to. Right, yeah. Again, why not? Yeah. So do you uh, do, you do a lot of, of playing out for your music? Um, I Not as much as I'd like to, but that's starting to change. We, sounds like we've got, the, you know, here in New York there's a club, Bowery Electric. I'm going to have a show there probably in the next month or so. So next one. that. And um, I've been doing, I did a little solo thing at the 2A Treehouse, another local bar here, and, uh, you know, played some other places just around. So, yeah, that's kind of the next on the agenda is to try and get out there and play live some more. Did you tour? I'd love to play with Robert. I hope Robert Foss, you know, if we can do like a, a combination, Robert Foss, Karen Hagrock, and these old band Susan songs together, that'd be pretty fun. I that yeah, we could definitely do some talk. Yeah. All right. So speaking of of Band of Susan, since we're back there, yeah. uh, did they do any uh, a lot of touring when you were with them? Uh, we toured a bit. Yeah, we toured in uh, Europe and uh, the UK and uh, out to the West Coast here and you know through Minneapolis. I mean, we we definitely played quite a bit. We got to play with some great people. We we opened for Wire. That was Oh wow! Cool with them and uh, and uh, throwing muses back in those days and uh, Steve Albini fan, Ray fan, and so we did a lot of different, uh, very interesting and, and great tours. Peel session, I mean that was great. 
Yeah, yeah. How, now, okay, so how does that work? Do, they, do you get a lot of time to prepare for that? or? Yeah, I mean, to my recollection, I mean, we pretty much did it live in the studio with overdub vocals, and Robert can correct me next week if, if I'm wrong, but that's how I remember it, because we did Because of You, which is my favorite band of the song. And, uh, and I do the background vocals on, on the version of it that's on Love Agenda, and so... Uh, I remember we played the guitar parts, and then I'm pretty sure we overdubbed vocals, but it was pretty much live in the studio there. Right. Yeah, I, I'd heard that you don't get a whole lot of time to, to do the songs, and that uh, no, you get like one no. overdub, maybe. You're just, you know, you just, you know, get them down, nail them. Bang that out. Huh? Yeah. Um, so did, now, you said you mentioned that you, you think you sang uh, background vocals. Did you, you sing on all your new stuff. Is that something that you've always wanted to do, even with Band of Susans, or is that just something you did just because, well, give it a shot, it's why something not? I just did because they're my songs, basically. I mean, I originally thought, oh, I'll, I'll be Jimmy Page. I'll just play the guitar, <laughs> and we'll get somebody to be Robert Plant, and that'll be good. Um, but it seemed like, well, they're my songs. I should interpret them. And so I do the best I can. I certainly wish I had a more stellar voice, but uh, we work with what we have, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, I think you do You do a great job. And then one of my favorite is, is uh, Perseverance and Grace. I, I love the vocals uh, on that. Oh, thank you. In, in your, all your touring history with Band of Susans and the little bit you've done on your own, has there anything weird happened? And I, I, You always hear about strange stuff happening on tour. Anything weird happen and while you've been touring with Band of Susans or, or recording you often hear about uh, producers making people run laps around the studio to get them out of breath to get the right vocal sound, or record in a you know in a hallway or a subway to get the drum sounds just right. Anything weird like that happen? No. I know I'm just throwing this stuff at you, so. No, I mean I could remember one one goofy thing that I did that I should probably you know I would have been thinking I probably could have you know things would have turned out differently, but uh, when we. Uh, we were starting the tour with Wire, and suddenly, somehow, it came around to that. Oh, let's let's you know do this car trick to decide who's going to do the tour support money. And so um, Graham, the bass player from Wire, had this car trick that he wanted me to like pick a card, but I knew the trick, so I knew how he was going to do it. <laughs> so instead of playing along and figuring it out how, how how I could win, and then. Then we then they'd have to do the, the support money. I said, no, I know that game. <laughs> so like everybody's like, oh, Karen, why didn't you? <laughs> like I could I I should have thought further about it and said, how can I turn this around that I can you know turn the, the kind of tables on on him and then we'd get the support money. Yeah. But instead, I was like, no, I know that trick. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, you know what, you got the. In the end, you ended up going to, to to medical school anyway, so I think maybe that worked out for the best. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I was reading, I was doing, trying to do as much research on you as I can, and yeah. I found out, I found some really cool reviews, but they're not of your albums. They're yeah. from some of your patients. Oh. So I would like to read you some of these reviews, because okay. I think they're I, fantastic. I don't read them at all, because I'm afraid if they're bad, I'll be mortified and if they're good i'll be like i'll get a big head so well i can if they're not too bad i can probably stand i haven't found a bad one i'm gonna uh, spoiler right there okay but, well 
That's good to know. Okay, so the first one, and I'm not going to say any names. So I'm just okay, gonna, good. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to run into any HIPAA issues. Don't do that. No. So I will mention, I will just say the review. Dr. Hagloff has been absolutely wonderful in her care and treatment of me. Her bedside manner could not be better. She's a compassionate, supportive, and intelligent doctor who goes the extra step. I would highly recommend her. And the lady who wrote this did it in all caps, so you know she's excited. You're shouting. <laughs> she's, she's extolling your virtues from the mountaintops. Right. She's shouting them out. Wow. Well, that's great. That's very nice. So the next one says, I have been with Dr. Hagloff for a bit over a year. She's an excellent doctor and just a very nice person to be around in general. Huh. Short and sweet. Yeah. I have been to several hematologists over the years concerning my P. Vera. Mm-hmm. Did I, did I say that right? Uh, yeah, P. Vera. Polycythemia Vera, which is why we just say P. Vera. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to go with, too. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Hagloff was the only doctor to truly listen to what I was telling her and not just go by the book or prescribe treatments. She's open-minded, very attentive, and an overall very pleasant person. Oh. And the last one that I've got, efficient and professional staff, thorough exam and responsive follow-up. She actually calls back and is so very helpful, kind, and empathetic. Accurate and immediate diagnosis and thoughtful treatment plan. She's an old-fashioned kind of doctor who is clearly in this profession to help patients. She's attentive and so very understanding and knowledgeable of complex medical problems. Goes out of her way to liaise with other providers to coordinate care and improve health problems. Wish all my doctors were like Dr. Hagloff. She raises the bar for the entire medical profession. Only wish I had found her sooner. Oh, my God. I wonder who wrote that. (laughs) Awesome. Wow. That was an entire paragraph right there. Yeah, wow. I could put that I should put that somewhere. Hey, <laughs> I can email it to you, no problem. <laughs> wow, wow. Well. So if anybody listening is wants to hear some, some great bluesy western music, definitely <laughs> pick up uh, Karen Hadloff's new album. Pick up Band of Susans if you want to hear some amazing noisy, artsy, avant garde. Yes, definitely. Rock. Yeah, and, uh, some of the greatest. I'm very proud that I was part of that band. And if you're in New York City and want to consult, look her up. Oh, geez, yeah. Hopefully you don't need me. Yeah. Hopefully not. But you know, that's enough. That's a whole other end of your of your career. We gotta. We definitely need to promote too. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. It's still it's still going. So yeah. So it is the end result to eventually move out west. Because you're everything. It, oh, I I love it out west, but I love New York City. If you know, you take Manhattan, and then you had the sage of Wyoming on one side at, on of the river, and on the other one would be like the desert from Arizona. Just you know, cross there and then go ride and then come back to Manhattan. That'd be ideal. But uh, then it, everybody would do that, and then it would not be like <laughs> Wyoming or Arizona anymore. So, well, that's that's true. That's a very good point. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love to go out west, but I mean, I, I love the city. I, the first time we ever came here back in, you know, 1979, it's like, yeah, this is where I want to live. It hasn't really changed, so. So, let me you've played some really interesting uh, locations. Uh, CBGB's, for one. Yeah, yeah. Where? I've been there with Reese and with Band of Susans and with the Crackers and with a couple other bands. So, definitely been on that stage. Was that... Was there any place that kind of you, you were on stage and you just kind of realized, wow, I'm I'm at you know CBGBs or I'm at this location? Was there one that just kind of you just kind of realized where you were and and how historical of a location it would be? Well, CBGBs is definitely one of those places. Yeah. 
how can people reach out to you or how can they find your music, uh, follow you on any social media? What's the best way for people to, to get your stuff? Well, I mean, I have a, I have a website, Karen Hagloff, K-A-R-E-N-H-A-G-L-O-F.com. So that, you know, has news and, and uh, links to different articles and links to the songs. And I have some artwork up on that thing. So there's a lot of, you know, different aspects. And then uh, I'm on Facebook, like everybody else in the world. <laughs> Karen Hagloff Music. And then I'm on Instagram, Karen at Karen Hagloff. And then, you know, the music is available, you know, for download on iTunes and it's available at Amazon and, you know, you can hear stuff on SoundCloud. So basically, you know, a lot of the platforms. So. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me and, and talking about Band of Susans and your solo work. And yeah, no, anytime. I'm, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, it, it's been my pleasure. Your, your story is so unique. I had, I, I just definitely had to talk to you. Yeah, how'd you decide you wanted to do a podcast? How'd that come about? Oh gosh, it's it was it's I almost didn't really decide it. Um, what happened was a friend of mine, he's a huge Washington Redskins fan. He's mm-hmm. been in the area his whole life, and he entered this contest for this blog. He said, "Write us something short about the Redskins, and if we like it, you can write for us." So he did it, and they said, "Yeah, you know, we like your writing. Write for us." So he started writing for them. They don't, they don't really pay anything, but uh, the draft season started to come by for the NFL, and I'm a big college football fan. So he said, hey. Hey, go Gators. <laughs> so I'm an Alabama fan. My brother graduated yeah, sorry. from <laughs> So he, he said, you know a lot about more, more about college football than I do. Let's do. Help me with some draft profiles. Okay, no problem. Started writing those, and I started making them funny. Just, I'm, I'm a... I guess I'm a little bit of a natural comedian. I, I, I try to inject humor into everything. And uh-huh. uh, so the, the managing editor was like, did you good? Came up with Mike and said, hey, I want you to do a podcast. Why don't you get Mark involved and just make it DC Sports? So we, so we did that. It came out, well, we actually had a former Redskin join us, and uh, he kind of became part of the cast. And uh, we ended up getting picked up by the local ESPN affiliate. Oh, so, great. Yeah, uh, and then they sold it and they dropped everybody. So <laughs> we love your format. You're fired. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> so, so then uh, I, I told my buddy, I had a, friends out in L.A. that I was writing scripts for, and uh-huh. uh, he said, I, I, I mentioned he knew about the podcast. I said, hey, yeah, we just ended. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Like, why? Why is it awesome? He said, because I want to do a show with you guys. Okay, great. So we talked about it, and uh, he said, I want to get my buddy involved. His name's Tommy. Okay, no problem. We'll do two guys in L.A., two single guys in L.A., and two married guys in Virginia, and we'll talk sports. And then uh, Mike's job kind of took him away from it, and it just kind of now it's just kind of the three of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, we, get, uh, we get Jim Jeffries to come on. We get some other actors. Um, Eric's brother is an actor. Yeah, I, don't, I love Jim Jeffries. He's great. Oh, yeah, he's hilarious. So he's he's going. If you ever, all right, it's Eight Ball Sports. Yeah, we're on iTunes, uh, Stitcher. Uh, there's the shows that he's on. He's definitely in the titles. It'll say Jim Jeffries. So he comes on and he talks about all kinds of insanity. But Eric's brother is a is an actor. And if you ever watched Smallville, uh, I don't know if you remember that show. Uh, it's about Superman. Yeah, I remember. 
watched much, but uh, yeah. Well, uh, my brother Eric's, uh, my friend Eric's brother played Lex Luthor. Ah. So he's coming on. We're gonna talk to we talk hockey and and on and so. Um, the, between the two of them, they've got a lot of connections. We try to get some some uh, actors and comedians to come on. So, so we get it's more of a comedic look at sports. It's definitely yeah. definitely rated R for language. You know, I mean, Jim comes on. It's it's it gets crazy. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but it's definitely uh, it's like seventy five percent comedy, twenty five percent sports. So it, it's a blessing. And then that seems like a good mix. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing you need. You know, there's so much heaviness out there right now with all the. With oh, everything yeah, yeah. Sure that it's it's a lot of fun to do, and then this one I just started. We took a little break, and I thought, well, I would like to do something similar, but with musicians and artists and people, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that you know the other guys wouldn't be interested in. And mm-hmm. uh, so I started reaching out to some uh, musicians that I knew through social media, and mm-hmm. they. Had, Agreed to come on. I mean, I've had you seen who I've had on there already, like Trey Gunn from King Crimson. Um, mm-hmm. I've had Bob Rock. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, I've had uh, producer Bob Rock has come on. Um, Sylvia Massey's will be coming on in in November. Um, it's, I just had a, a lot of fun reaching out to these people, and 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 I think my favorite shows are the artists that people aren't so familiar with. Uh huh. Like Mark Dancy. If you get a minute uh, or an hour, <laughs> and he's the one I was I was scrolling through your your podcast that you have up. He's like a he's a designer. I mean, more than that. Oh yeah, he's a graphic artist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did the the cover for Soundgarden's uh, Bad Motor Finger album, but he was in a band called Big Chief back in the '90s, and they were awesome. And they put out one of my favorite albums of all time called Mac yeah. Avenue Skull Game. And he goes, it, it, Mac Avenue Skull Game, it, it's like a, I don't want to say rock opera, but it's definitely a themed album, and it is hilarious. And he goes, he, he tells how they came up with the theme. It's all based on a book that, that they borrowed while they were touring Europe, and they were so bored on the road that everybody read the book. <laughs> everybody oh, loved it. That's about right. And they decided to, to write the soundtrack to a movie that no, never got made about this book, and it's it's awesome. So I would definitely listen to that podcast and then pick up, oh, check out yeah. that band. They're they're hilarious. Definitely a lot of punk and funk in in the music. I, that's that's one of my favorite combinations. I mean, I like I like punk. Oh yeah, well you'll love Big Chief. Punk noise kind of thing going on at some point. Oh yeah, Big uh, Mac Avenue Skull Game is their I think if it, it's their third full length and they've got horn sections going on. They've got all kinds of, they got some really funky bass. It's just, it's one of my favorite albums. Uh, like I mentioned to you before, I had Steven Serio on. He's done yeah. work with the residents. His work with the residents is in the Museum of Modern Arts permanent collection. So, you know, it's, it's, the people I'm meeting are just so awesome. Well, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a great thing. It is. Obviously. We're having a great fun doing this too. Oh yeah, it's it's a blast, and now you're one of, you're one of them, so you're included in all these. So okay, yeah, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I really no, appreciate. It. It's been a blast no, speaking with you. For for having me. And- well, Jack bragged up his riding skills and womanizing too. 
preacher's daughter did not approve had in mind to teach a lesson came up with a dare challenge jack on snake bite against her and her brown mare oh the devil's call when it take all go It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.